2: And good morning and welcome into Inside the Clubhouse. Today is September eighth. I'm David Schuster. He is Bruce Levine. Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Respect Burgers, all natural frozen Respect Burgers, now available at your local osco You just heard from Michael Kopek. Some of the highlights uh with Steve Stone and Jason Benetti from NBC Sports Chicago. Good morning, Bruce Levine.
3: Good morning, David. Quite a day at uh guaranteed rate yesterday with the Chicago White Sox and the uh tough news that Michael Kopech will be most likely lost until 2020. We'll start our show talking about that. Plenty of Cub Talk, White Sox, everything baseball, 312-644-6767 is our number. Text David 67011 as we talk about pennant race baseball with your Chicago Cubs. Where do the White Sox go from here? And by the way, David, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook. Celebrate the holidays with Max and Benny's, 847-272-9490 for last-minute orders. Maxandbennies.com for Rosh Hashanah. By the way, uh, breakfast on September 19th, 630 until close. Reservations only at Max and Benny's, $34 per adult, $16 for children 10 and under. Again, 847-272-9490, maxandbennies.com. Max and Benny's, a finest deli, restaurant, and bakery in Chicagoland in Northbrook. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Corned beef, pastrami, Novolox, smoked sable, and the most festive atmosphere await you at Max and Benny's. Love you some Max And we are going to get right to the situation with um, with Michael Kopek. Obviously, uh, he is uh, going to be lost most likely for the season. He'll get a second opinion on a torn Um, MCL. Let's uh, talk to the expert, our good friend, who does such a great job on the show prior to ours every Saturday, Dr. Brian Cole. Nice enough to join us to talk about uh, this type of injury and to talk about the rehabilitation for a pitcher coming back from Tommy John surgery. Good morning, doctor. How are you?
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me on, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, We're not going to ask you about Michael Kopek in yeah. particular because obviously maybe even a conflict of interest, number one. Number two, you haven't examined the the guy. So we're, we're going to concentrate on the injury itself. The uh, UCL, which is the ulnar collateral ligament, uh, has a tear in it according to the MRI. Can you right. talk about um, how these injuries usually happen? And if there's a, way to determine that somebody is actually on their way to a uh, tearing a ligament in their elbow. Of course.
1: So here's the deal. Uh, obviously this is awful for the player um, and awful for the organization and awful for any athlete who has an injury like this, which has uh, on the upside, a, a predictable course with a good outcome on the downside, a long course of recovery, typically up to a year. So, um, the onoclateral ligament, the Tommy John problem, if you will, is a ligament on the inner side of the elbow. It's really small, and it assumes an enormous amount of force with what we call late cocking phase of throwing when the arm goes back. The amount of angular velocity, the force across the elbow to develop speeds above 90 miles an hour are absolutely enormous. And, you know, it's we're, we're almost, we are almost talking amongst ourselves uh, last night at the game, you almost get this feeling it's like an epidemic. I mean, if you look at the incidents, it's like one in three will, at some point in their major league baseball career as a pitcher, have an onocleal ligament injury. It's that significant. So uh, it's a big problem. The flip side is, you know, go back to 1974 when, uh, 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 Joe performed the first one, the you know the most famous story of all. It was it was taking an enormous chance, but we realized you can take a problem that appears insurmountable at the outset, fix it, and a year later the athlete, in many instances, can get back better than they were before. So, um, how do they happen? Uh, sometimes you'll feel pop, and the sudden onset of pain in a completely normal elbow. In this instance, it could be the progressive onset of elbow soreness, decreased velocity, decreased ability. Uh, and then the progression of uh, increasing symptoms and pain. So it can be acute and sudden, or it can happen over the course of time. And then it's confirmed by just speaking with the athlete. And then, of course, an MRI, which sort of seals the deal in terms of the complexity of the tear.
2: And this conversation with Dr. Brian Cole brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and the Chicago's Big Ten team, they return to Ryan Field today when they host Duke. 11 o'clock is the start of today's contest. Season and single game tickets on sale now at NUSports.com. Dr. Cole it's becoming so commonplace now in baseball for Tommy John surgeries. I'm just wondering, are they all the same or do they differ depending on what kind of tear specifically guy to guy, of course is, is in that shoulder.
1: Sure. That's any elbow. Yeah. So that's a great question. So, uh yes, they do differ. The, the the tears can you know, the ligament a ligament connects bone to bone. So in this case it's the humerus to the ulna. Those are two forearm bones right at the level of the elbow. So if it comes off the humerus, uh this it'll be a discrete tear there. We've had some success in treating that non surgically, for example with platelet rich plasma. Uh, where we take blood, spin it down, and inject it, but it's been there's a lot of controversy, and there's some really interesting data in the major in Major League Baseball about the efficacy of that. So we don't want to bank on that, but there has been a subclassification of tears that might respond. The other type of tear could be where it's across the entire substance of the ligament, where the bone-to-bone connection in its totality or entire, entirely is, is compromised, and you can pick that up on MRI. And the third type is where it inserts on the ulna. Uh, there's a bony prominence there where it inserts. So it can, And then there could be a combination of those three things. So, yes, there are different types. The unfortunate thing is that uh, once it happens and an athlete declares themselves largely, but not exclusively, but largely, the nature of the tear doesn't matter in terms of the ultimate treatment today, most commonly, but not always, we'll end up recommending reconstruction.
3: Dr. Cole is the uh, orthopedic uh, specialist at uh, Rush Hospital. He's worked with the White Sox and Cubs. does a great show with Steve Cashel every Saturday here on The Score from 8 until 9. Sports Medicine with Dr. Brian Cole and Steve Cashel. Don't miss it every Saturday prior to our show. Dr. Cole, uh, when you look at recovery time from Tommy John, and that's certainly what uh, White Sox fans in the front office going to be looking at. Well, why is it, uh, and, and you just explained in depth to David uh, the different types of tears and the, and the possibilities, but why is it some some guys are healed in 11 months and ready to go and uh, go, go ahead and start pitching at a regular uh, pace, and some uh, take as much as 14 to maybe even 18 months?
1: I think the best way to look at it is there's the divide rehabilitation for any surgery into into phases. And the first phase is always the protection phase where after we repair something, the body has to sufficiently heal what we repaired. And then so that means the ligament reconstruction that we do has to heal bone to bone. And remodel properly so it has sufficient strength after that initial healing and typically the first phase is when we protect the athlete the most and that could be you know the first three months typically by 16 weeks or four months things are strong enough to tolerate very high loads and that's when the real rehabilitation begins and if you think of a if it's a collision athlete and they tear their own club, they could be back in four months but if it's a performance athlete hold on one second forgive me sure
3: it's Dr. Brian Cole joining us uh, for a few more minutes so here m- on Inside Forgive the me. Clubhouse. So
1: sure. if it's a performance athlete, while they if they can't get back in four months because it takes time to get their, um, their skills back and endurance back and so forth. So the ability to throw, you know, over 90 miles an hour, you don't do it four months. But if you're an inner lineman who tears their unacquietal image, you can go back. And and, and and play so it really depends on the athlete the position an outfielder for example uh, or an infielder may differ than a pitcher but the pitcher is the longest because you have to respect the first phase which is healing then you've got the strengthening and reconditioning and then you've got the final phase which is hey I got to get back at the velocity and accuracy that I had before I injured my collateral ligament and that's why it takes a year
3: and you can hear that type of expertise and more every Saturday morning with Dr. Brian Cole and of course Steve Cashel on the Sports Medicine Show, eight to nine every Saturday here on the Score. Doc, thanks for joining us, giving you your ex- giving your expertise to us, and uh, getting our show on the way. Have a great day, okay,
1: guys. Have a great morning. All Thank right. you. So Dr. Brian
3: Bye. Cole works with the White Sox and the Bulls, and is a orthopedic specialist and a guy that uh, you can count on. For top information, which we just did,
2: and Bruce, uh, obviously that is the story here in Chicago today. Of course, we're going to talk about the Cubs, who were rained out last night. They have a couple of games now scheduled for later this afternoon. uh One starting, uh I think, first pitch will be shortly after two o'clock. Right. We'll one thirty, the pregame, the pre-game, for, pre-game with, with Zach with Zach. at starting at one thirty. We'll have the first pitch a little bit after two o'clock. Then they'll. Uh, have another game later this evening. They have Jamie, or is it Jaime Garcia? I think it's Jaime Jaime Garcia, Garcia. who's going to start the first game. Cole Hamels will go in the second game. John Lester did pitch yesterday before they had the rainouts, and you and I talked before the show. It'll be interesting. Joe Madden at least has some options along with Jim Hickey. What are they going to do? Could they insert him, you know, instead of the four days rest now in between starts, could they insert him maybe a little bit earlier and maybe move somebody back in the rotation? We'll find out those answers a little bit later on.
3: Three one two six four four six seven six seven. That's our number here on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David Schuster. I'm who I am. I'm Bruce Levine. I'm here for you every week, fifty-two weeks out of the year, talking nothing but Chicago baseball, Cubs, Sox, and uh, certainly the Cubs with twenty-two games left. David, I think uh, the magic number is eighteen. It is, uh, and uh, that is fun to start talking about Chicago Cubs uh, on their way, most likely to the fourth consecutive playoff run something they haven't done since uh, 1906 through 1912 well actually 1906 through 19 uh, 1910 uh, they were there but mostly not what is typical about your Chicago Cubs which is that great run that they're on right now
2: yeah why don't we go to the phone lines Bruce because people have been lining up even before the show started they obviously want to talk about Michael Kopek and uh, how this affects the rebuilding, and we're certainly going to talk about that throughout the show, but let's hear from some of the people in the audience. Let's go up to Glencoe and hear from Mike. Good morning, Mike. You're on Inside the Clubhouse.
4: David and Bruce, thanks so much. As a background, I'm one of the Sox generation fans that go back to the 60s and early 70s when we were always perpetually afraid that the Sox would move. My concern with this gut punch is how it will affect the relationship of the fans to the rebuilding if you look to 2020, that will probably be, what, Bruce, eight years in a row of losing seasons. Uh-huh. How long can the Sox retain any core fanship uh, to sustain the franchise without selling if people think, you know, give up on the rebuilding? What's the long-term impact of all this?
3: Well, you know, that's a great question, and, and we're really glad you called in. That's what type of calls we get here, David, as you know, having done the show with me so often the intellect of the baseball fan that calls here. Uh, that's, that's a great question. I don't think you can, you and I can answer. All we can t- say is is that uh, it's impactful. Uh, I've never seen Rick Hahn more down than yesterday, even though uh, he put a smiley face on it at the end and said it's not about one player. It's about our commitment to this rebuild, and it's going to take its course. And that's why we go after 20, 25, 30 players to bring in and, and that's what it takes, David. Uh, obviously, they're not going to be able to count on this player again till 2020. But maybe, blessing in disguise, maybe that's when when the White Sox are going to be ready to compete.
2: Yeah, you know, everybody tries to look for the silver lining in the dark cloud here, Bruce. And, you know, people who usually have pitchers who usually have Tommy John surgery, they do say that they come back stronger um, than ever. I don't know if the whole, you know, ulnar nerve is is so... Strengthen that. You know, they never potentially have the same injury again. Although some people have had Tommy John surgeries more than one. It's a
3: new ligament. It's taken from yep. the other arm. Uh, it's taken from cadavers. Some of them we've worked with. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the morning <laughs> laugh, there, Bruce.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully so. It, it's uh, you know, again, you can look at the silver lining, but it's still a gut punch. But Bruce and and the White Sox have had so many. uh, Injury-related gut punches. I mean, you can run down the list. Zach Birdie, who I thought would have been the closer this season, uh, and hopefully he'll come back stronger. Jake Berger. um, uh, Dunning, uh, Alec Hansen, Luis Robert has had his share of injuries. Even Couple Eloy Jimenez has, yep. has had his share of injuries. So the White Sox, unfortunately, have had some bad luck hit them. But hopefully, 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 they'll have better news down the road with all these injuries. Let's take one more, Bruce, before we have to take a break. Everybody wants to talk about Michael Kopeck and so does Matt, who's checking in from River North. Good morning, Matt.
0: Hey, hey fellas. You know, I wanted to bring up, you know, to me, Kopech was going to be the face of the rebuild. You know, because uh, Moncada is failing. Um, now, you may want to give him another year, but it, 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 I don't see a whole lot of improvement. And until they bring up Jimenez, who looks like he's going to be really good, it, it, and, and these other guys, they're just prospects. And, you know, you know and, and I'm not a White Sox fan. My friends who are, they're like, they're starting to do other things. They're not interested anymore.
3: Do you remember how you felt in 2013 and 14 as a Cub fan? Well, the second half of fourteen,
0: I felt good because yeah. Jake Arrieta.
3: And who was the manager then?
0: Uh, Ricky Renteria. Oh, yeah. but-,
3: but he was brought in to kind of get uh, get Starlin Castro and Anthony Rizzo straightened out. And I think uh, that that was the beginning of them was taking stuff. Straightened a step out, far. yet? I'm sorry. As he straightened no, out, no, but uh, again, straighten out and getting as you said, um, you preface it by saying you got to give them another year, and they will do that. Let me ask you this, Ben.
0: I I mean, they got rid of uh, uh, Renteria, and Madden came in, and the culture has changed. And I look at the Cubs. When they bring up a player, he's ready to play. And I'm not saying he's great, but he knows how to play the game correctly. Okay? And, you know, they they go from first Uh, to third.
3: I'd argue the point with you a little bit on some of the guys that are still in player development. Uh, I think... We've seen uh, Schwarber. We've seen Hap uh, go through player development, and still are. They've had uh, Hap has had a lesser year this year than he did last year.
0: But he doesn't get to play as much, right? And uh, and I, I, I only consider Hap a, a big part of the Cubs. He might be my twenty fifth man. But what I'm saying is, when David Bodie comes up, the way he runs the bases, the Cubs go from first to third better than any team. The the, the Cubs play historically good defense. You know, things like that. It's, just, it's a uh, broad
3: brush. I agree they're a good ball club. Matt, thanks for your Matt, call. Thanks and for your and call, And David, uh, they have been a disastrous base running team over the last three or four weeks. They are an exciting base base running team. Javier they, Baez. Uh, Javier Baez has done some exceptional things, made a few mistakes. The problem with Baez is he wears off on his other teammates, and they try to do too much base running-wise. Almora's has made... A tremendous amount of mistakes out there. Contreras, a lot of mistakes. I'm not saying it's it's a horrible thing because they're on base. They're trying to create things that happen, but uh, let's not paint with a broad brush that the Cubs do everything right
2: you know once upon a time there was an ad slogan be like Mike I think some of the Cub players want to be like Javi to be honest with you at times and sometimes it just doesn't work Uh, and even Javi has made a couple of mistakes but he's so so good Bruce yeah that he's able to get away with it. not
3: a perfect player but certainly the most exciting player in Major League Baseball I think right now I think you're right Uh, him and Mike Trout right there Uh, we're going to take a short break you are king on this show. Three one two six four four six seven six seven Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. We're going to talk about Cub closer situation. Ricky Renneria, the White Sox manager, will join us. Kyle Hendricks as well. David Haw of The Score will join us later as well.
2: And, Bruce, we have Ray and Kevin. They're lined up to uh, come right at us uh, right after this break. We'll be back right after this. And that was the voice of Michael Kopech, who is likely, not 100%, but very likely going to undergo Tommy John surgery in the very near future. Bruce, he is going to have a second opinion. The first MRI, I guess, showed a tear in the UCL and Obviously, that's not good news, so he'll get that second opinion, and uh, then I guess he'll have the surgery ASAP. They say that he will be back, if that's the case, 100% by the start of spring training 2020.
3: Interestingly enough, in a dugout right across from the White Sox, uh, superstar Shoni Atani uh, talked about his injury, the same injury. He will likely have Tommy John surgery, but he is expecting... To be the DH for the Angels throughout that entire season, he, he believes the doctors have told him that recovering from that surgery will not uh, impact him swinging the bat and being the impact players we saw last night, hitting another home run, 17 home runs on the year. Certainly a phenomenal two-way player. We'll see if and when uh, he gets back on probably the same course as uh, Kopech's on for coming back. But we have people to serve here right now. David. We do,
2: Bruce. And our continuing conversation on Michael Kopeck Everything Baseball, is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Coach Fitz and Chicago's Big Ten team, they return to Ryan Field today when they host Duke. 11 o'clock is the start. Season and single game tickets on sale at nusports.com. As you said, Bruce, a lot of people lining up to talk to us about Michael Kopeck and Everything Baseball. Let's start with Ray, who's checking in from Orland Park. Good morning, Ray. You're on Inside the clubhouse.
5: Good morning, gentlemen. Good to call you again. Uh, I have a question about the Cubs, but I wanted to address the Kopech thing just for a moment. This is why, uh, gentlemen, you push your rebuild on hitters, and you draft hitters, and you trade for hitters, and I know the White Sox have done that with Jimenez and Don Cotta, but think about the Mets. Think about the Cubs when they had Pryor and Wood. They, they, The, the pitchers that worked for these teams are ones they almost found by accident, like like Carl Sembrano back in the day, or Kyle Hendricks, or even Jake Arrieta. They were throw-ins. They were not expected to be the premier guy, and they've turned into that. Whereas if you depend on Jacob DeGrom and you depend on Matt Harvey and you depend on way back in the day Jason Isringhausen, it's not going to work out for you as well.
3: History tells us that. You had a Cub question?
5: Yes, my Cub question was, um, Brandon Morrow. What's up, Morrow? How's he doing?
3: All right. Thanks for your call. Thanks, Uh, Mike. And thanks for your comments. Morrow is going to be on the mound Sunday, David. He hasn't tried it in three weeks. He's been out since July 18th. Uh, when he tried it three weeks ago, it started to uh, uh, anger up on him, and he had to hold back. This is the last uh, the last shot for him. If, he, if he's able to throw 25 or 30 pitches at medium to full strength off the mound and be okay the next day, there's a chance that he's going to come back and help uh, Joe Madden in his bullpen. If not... It could be the season for Brandon Morrow, who has been dealing with this bone bruise uh, right behind his right biceps for a long period of time. It's all interconnected to the elbow. Uh, they hate, they don't like to talk about elbow, but nonetheless, that's where it all emanates from.
2: And Bruce, uh, Joe Madden, we're going to talk about this much more later on in the show. Joe Madden has done such a juggling act with his bullpen. Sensational. It, it really is. I mean, uh, you know, and, and the names are but know. he's
3: going to get fired if you listen to uh, <laughs> enough people out there. Well, he's, he's in deep <laughs> trouble right now because I don't think he's, so, done, neither s- to you. he's done such a fantastic job that uh, the Cubs really don't want that good of a manager there anymore. <laughs> that, that's what it appears to be from the noise we hear outside.
2: Yeah, you and I are laughing both on and off the air in regards to that. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's pick it up with Kevin, who's checking in from Dalton. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, You're on Inside the Club. Good morning,
3: guys. How you doing?
2: Good. How are you?
6: I'm doing okay. You know, uh, I was just listening to it. Like, you know, a lot of people, you know, we, we get on the ledge and start trying to jump off and, and start making, like, crazy, crazy remarks, like fire Joe Madden or <laughs> they, they, that. that It's to be expected, we're Chicago fans. Um, but I'm thinking about you know, just the White Sox in general, and I am not that you know. It, it, I like what Rick Hahn has done. I like that he has you know helped to stockpile the the farm system. I I love Dylan Cease. Uh, I know Dane Dunning is hurt, but um, he should be ready for the next couple of seasons and. And then we have Rodon, Giolito, Lopez, and all the rest of these guys. You know, I don't think that next year, I heard a call earlier this year, uh, uh, earlier in the show, saying that, that, you know, just, you know, the, the White Sox rebuild and everything else. is just, you know, it, it'll be eight consecutive years. But I think, like, next year that the, the White Sox are going to push Cleveland for – Uh, For that division. Well, it's Uh, it's possible when they bring up your lawyer in there. It's possible.
3: You know, look, uh, David, to say that Kopech wasn't going to be a big piece of this, not only on the field but the excitement and kind of the vibe that he brought because he's a power arm marketing on top uh, of everything, else, marketing everything else, but just uh, the team knowing that they're going to face a guy that throws a hundred uh, has developed a good change up and, and breaking ball to say, that's not going to be impactful would be naive. However, the caller brings up two names in Dunning and a particularly in Dylan Cease who was a second man in that Jimenez trade for Quintana last year. Every scout that I've talked to that have had, that has the White Sox organization this year David tell, tells me that Cease has a very excellent chance of being the best pitcher on this hmm. team within a year.
2: All right, well, knock on wood. I mean, I, I think I think he, he'll, was, uh, he
3: was a top pick by the Cubs. Yes, Injury prone. This was his first year where he got through a whole season without an injury and they feel uh very good about the fact that You know, the White Sox rebuild is based around pitching right now. They have great position players, it appears, coming. But pitching can get you there an awful lot quicker.
2: Let's talk about Dylan Cease just for a quick second here. I mean, obviously, he had a very good season. He reached his innings limit, according to the White Sox, and they finally shut him down. And I'm going to guess, Bruce, that next year they will start with him likely a triple A for a while and take a look and then if say. he's good enough
3: they'll bring him up. I, I think absolutely. Uh the, the problem is is that he was drafted I think in thirteen by the Cubs and had a total of a hundred and fifty innings pitched until this year. So he's hurt hurt every year. Uh the, the building of the arm is interesting because you get a hundred and fifty and I think you got a hundred and thirty or something like this year. Um Will they let him go to 175 next year? Or is this all hocus-pocus now that we see uh, guys like – Kopech breaking down after being protected beautifully by the White Sox, built properly, and then all of a sudden you see guys that throw 100, they can they can burn out and they can tear any, at any point. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's really interesting, Bruce, when Chris Sale came up, they always said, oh, he's going to break down. He's going to break down. And, he, you know, at the end of seasons, he's gotten tired. And uh, I think right. the Red Sox have done a fantastic job this year of baby babying him, you know, because they want to have him pitch in the postseason. But – for all those fears of his, you know, herky jerky motion and he's going to have arm surgery and all this other stuff, sometimes it's just luck of the draw. I don't know how else to look at well, it.
3: Well, you know, he and Verlander are two pitchers of this era that do something well, and we need to talk about it more. And that is, they can throw 98, but they don't do it all the time. Correct. And that is a key to pitching, saving your arm, and why more organizations don't demand that their young pitchers Don't try to max out and throw their fastballs from 92 to 95 or 96 and go back for the 98 when you need it. In other words, the art of pitching. We're going to have to take a break, but uh, we have other people on the line waiting. We're going to continue to start talking about your Chicago Cubs, Brandon Morrow, that bullpen, can it hold up? Through the rest of the season. Three one two six four four six seven six seven. Bruce,
2: Pete, Bill, Steve, all hang in there. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna get all to all of you. We'll be back right after this. Nine forty two, welcome back in to Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Schuster. He's Bruce Levine. We have White Sox manager Rick Renteria joining us right at the top of the hour. Bruce, let's go rapid fire out to the phone lines and let's start out. Uh let's start out with uh Pete, who's checking in from Humble Park. Good morning, Pete.
7: Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good on my way to work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say um, a couple of things. It's funny you guys brought up uh, Dylan Cease. Uh, I was going to say something about young Makata as well. But with Dylan Cease, um, I mean, I think, like you guys said, he's going to be a, a really good attribute. I mean, right now everything's going the right direction. Uh, the thing is, too, with his innings limit, I mean, in reality, with the way baseball's played today, you really don't even need him to throw 200 innings. I mean, obviously that would be ideal. Uh, but the way baseball is moving and the use of middle relief and all the relief pitchers, uh, the, I think that's a good thing that you don't have to necessarily stretch them out to 180 to 200 innings every year, just uh, just because the way the the game has evolved. Um, and as far as Yuan Moncada goes, I forgot who was on the the line before me, but um, they're saying that he's already kind of a bust and he hasn't really made any improvements. And I hate to compare him to like let's say Javier Baez, because I'm a Cub fan. But, uh, I mean, Javi Baez wasn't exactly going to be – he wasn't in the right direction for a long time. I mean, he came up in 2014. That was a disaster. 45%
3: strikeout ratio.
7: Right. It was just a disaster. And then I think they're very similar players in that they are very aggressive at the plate. They love to swing the bat. I mean, I think Uama kind of walks a little bit more than Javi does. about the same rate, though. Um, But – I mean, Javi Baez used that to his advantage and he started to learn to strike zone and be aggressive within the zone. I think that's what Yamakata has to do. Not to mention, I think he should drop the right side of the plate because he's only batting a buck a 90 from the right side.
3: Right.
7: <laughs> so All right. so I, I think if he drops the right side of the plate and focuses on, on on the left side where he develops, he's got 15 of his home runs from, his, from the left side, I think that'd be a, a better attribute for the Sox. And then that way he could kind of hone in on on actually knowing the strike zone.
3: Thanks for your call and uh, some good observations. They've talked about it, David, uh, dropping the right side because he's been, uh, so unproductive from that side. But, uh, they wanted to give him the rest of the year to see if he could get it going. We'll see in spring training, if indeed, or winter ball, that he uh, decides to go that direction.
2: I, I don't think there's any question that Makata is still a work in progress. Bruce, at times, he looks like the number one prospect that he was, and, and, and he displays all the talents in the world. And at other times, he just sort of looks lost on the field, to be honest David,
3: with you. David, he's on record pace. He's got 191 strikeouts. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, if they let him go the rest of the year, there's it's likely that he could break the all-time record, which is 220 three I don't I don't know if they care or not I remember when Adam Dunn was getting close to breaking it 2012 they sat him for a game or two at the end uh, because they didn't want that but uh, nonetheless uh, there he's got tremendous talent Mm -hmm. the question or not is if he can identify those pitches properly and be able to turn it around, he's going to get another year to do that.
2: Absolutely. All right, back to the phone lines we go. Northwest side of the city and Bill. Go ahead, Bill. You're on the score. Uh,
5: First of all, let me wish uh, everybody good morning and one last thing, health and happiness to everybody. Let me just say this. I'm a Sox fan for 68 years. Anybody that was involved with this Chris Sale trade should be fired. Kenny Williams, Rick Hahn, this is going to go down as the worst trade in the history of the White Sox. You you know, you're talking about his hitting – He's got to be one of the worst fielders in baseball, also. Now we're talking about Kopech. Maybe he might be uh, close to Sale, maybe this. Sale's going to win the Cy Young Award, and we got three guys. When you trade a pitcher like Sale, you're supposed to get two guys you know that are good right away and two guys that are potential. We got absolutely nothing. Mercado, he'll hit 20 homers, but he'll hit 220. I don't care if you give him another five years, you're not going to improve his hitting. And his feeling I, I mean I you know i'm this is and it's hard to watch I mean, like i said i'm a sax fan sixty eight years and it's almost impossible to watch him play i mean this is I'm, it, it's disheartening watching this team i don't care you're talking about him and his in the minor leagues and all this that's that's the minor leagues. I wanted these guys to come up and start hitting their slider and see how good they are.
3: All right, thanks thanks for your call. Have a nice day again. You too. And to to
5: you. And to you.
3: And, you know, I I understand the frustration. Same type of calls we were getting, David, uh, when I was doing the show in uh, in 13 and 14 on the Cubs. Absolutely the same. (laughs) I'm not saying the White Sox are going to win the World Series in three years, but I can tell you that uh, everybody was pretty much on the same page that this was the right way to go for the Chicago White Sox. And these are the growing pains. These are the things that are very difficult for a fan base, for a front office. Uh, you know, they, they 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 have to duck and hide. I remember Epstein and Hoyer ducking and hiding as this rehabilitation, this rehab went on in their organization. White Sox are in the same mode. You know, you just can't do this thing overnight.
2: All right, back to the phone lines we go. Let's go out to Beverly Shores. Pick it up with Steve. Good morning, Steve. You're on Inside the Clubhouse.
3: Good morning, guys. Uh, Bruce, I uh,
8: totally disagree with you. When the Cubs started this rebuild, they had Theo Epstein, who had a track record that's second to none. He had never Rick done ha- this before. Uh, of course, right. but he is Theo Epstein. Rick Hahn. There isn't a GM. I think there's one GM in baseball. and These are facts that has lost more games than Rick Hahn has. He has gotten a pass in this town year after year. He was praised for these trades. This trade that he made for Moncada and Kopech might go down as one of the worst trades in baseball history. Moncada has 725 uh, major league at-bats. It's unfortunate what happened to Kopech. I think he'll come back It's it's a surgery that happens all the time. But let's just call it the way that it is. Rick Hahn's track record. Look up his record. There isn't a guy... Maybe one guy in baseball that has lost more games than Rick Hahn, and you never hear nothing about it except trades for this guy, all these trades. You can't tell me you expected Moncada to be this kind of player. You can't tell me you expected Giolito to be this kind of pitcher. There's a lot of things that you can go on. And, you know, it, it's sad that it's happening. But, you know, when I hear these comparisons, it, it, what what the Cubs did was so different. It just doesn't happen. And it's just it's just one of those things. And I heard you earlier talk about Javi Baez not being a perfect player. Well, maybe you can name me a couple of perfect players.
3: I don't know any, I don't know Thank a perfect you. player. Thank you. Mike, Thank you. Steve. David. I think Mike Trout in the, that other clubhouse that the White Sox are playing against right now. He's as close as you come and uh, he's not perfect. But again, uh, the frustration of the White Sox fans, I get it, David, you know, again, it's hard to see the the forest through the trees right now. It's very difficult to see where this is at because a lot of the White Sox players that were looked at to be on the road to exact development and being impact players are not there yet, okay? You can't say it about Anderson. You can't say it about Mancata. You can't say it about Giolito and Lopez. Time will tell, and you, you're going to have to give them another year to find out. But guys like Dunning and Cease and Kopec, uh it, it's not only what you're seeing right now. It's what they're developing in the minor leagues if they're wrong about it you say it's Rick Hahn's fault you know down the line Rick Hahn will pay the price yeah, and it's not only Rick
2: Hahn i got to point this out i you know i think in due deference to him this is an organization he's not he's not the only person That's making correct. these decisions kenny's part of it jerry's part of it um obviously rick is now the voice uh to the media and to the fans representing the white Sox organization but it's not just him deciding these trades A-
3: absolutely not you're, uh, you're right i mean kenny kenny is the vice president uh, executive vice president both of them report to jury reinsdorf they make decisions together all three of them if you want to uh have angst or point fingers Point them in three different directions. Absolutely.
2: I love the passion, by the way, of everybody who's called in this morning. And that just tells you how strong well, people hey, feel hey, about hey, baseball hey, in this city.
3: You know, losing Kopeck is painful in more ways than one. You know, no <laughs> pun intended, but this is, you know, this was. Um, the most exciting thing that has happened to the White Sox sure. in a couple of years, sure. and uh, you know you're you're going to have to put it on the shelf now. Hope that uh, after surgery, comes back just as strong.
2: Full phone lines, Bruce. I love this show. Uh, let's go out to the north side, pick it up with Kenneth. Go ahead, Kenneth. You're on inside the clubhouse.
9: Hey guys, uh, you know I'm a Cubs fan, and uh, I've been following Kolpacks and Jimenez, and, and just because I'm a Cubs fan doesn't mean I want the Sox to fail. Actually. I wanted to, I really want this to work out. I like to see north side, south side, you know, people excited for baseball in Chicago. But I actually believe like the other callers that they could have done more for uh you know, for the pitcher in the trade that you guys did with the Red Sox. I think you guys got more for Quintana than what you guys did for sale. And that trade is gonna work out and maybe save them from the Boston trade if it doesn't work out with Copex. But I just wanna say as Cubs fans to White Sox fans We've been through with Kerry Wooden prior. Pryor, uh, Tommy John. It's you know in, the, in these two three days, you know with Contani and and you know Colpax, It's been a couple couple days of disappointment for baseball pitchers. Kopax and Otani is supposed to be the next two big pitchers, throwing 98 and 100. Sad news. That that's all I want to say to you. Thank thank you, Kenneth. And good luck to you guys.
3: Thank you, appreciate it. Thanks. We need all all (laughs) we can get. (laughs) We need the luck too. Thank you. You you better (laughs) believe it. Look, uh if you would have asked about this Copec Mancata trade two days ago, people would be giving you a different tune. All right? Because Copec's down right now, people are depressed, they're upset, they're angry. Mankata is certainly still in player development, still has a long way to go here. And it doesn't look great because Sales had the type of season two years in a row where he was uh, Cy Young. I mean, last year he finished second in the voting. This year, before he hurt himself, he was uh, clearly the best pitcher in the American League. The good news, White Sox fans, and concentrate on this, and you're going to say, Levine, you're an idiot and won't be the first time, is... Sale is one year away from being a free agent. Maybe he'll come back. And who has more money to offer toward their rebuild at that time than the Chicago White Sox? I asked Sale last week about it. He said, you never say never about something like that. So is that pie in the sky or the reality that he'd like to come back and be one of those leaders in that – new group of players competing for a championship.
2: Bruce, we're going to squeeze in one more phone call before we go to a break, and we got Rick Renteria right after the break. Tom from the north side. Real quickly, Tom. Um,
0: yeah, real quick. I wanted to get your take on the Cubs' playoff roster. They're going to have probably 12 pitchers is what I assume. And the the guys that I look to be on the bubble, and they probably have to take, I think, two out of three of them would be Lastella, um, uh Bodie, and half.
3: Well, remember, you can uh, you're not going to use as many starting pitchers, so that means that you're you're going to eliminate some pitchers as well. Okay.
0: But don't they usually? I thought last year they carried twelve.
3: Well, you're going to have four starters, and you might have seven or eight relievers. It depends. Yeah. But, but
0: if you were to take right now with those three guys, half Bodie Listella, I can tell, you, tell you,
3: Listella is going to be on the team. The way that Joe looks at Listella and the ability to get a big hit. Uh, envisioning him in the seventh game of the World Series getting a base hit to start a rally or drive a run in, he's going to be in, in on it. Uh, the, the other guys are Happen. Who else did you mention? Bodie. Bodie. You know, again, uh, it depends how Chris Bryan is playing and uh, how the other guys, how, how everyone else's health is at that time. A lot of good uh, choices. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Tom.
2: All right, we can squeeze in one more super, super quick. This is Greg from Tinley Park. Go ahead, Greg, make it quick.
4: Hey, guys, uh, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. 1956 was my first year I went to the Cubs game, but got a lot of history from Comiskey Park. Uh, but anyway, the White Sox fans, and I tell this to all my buddies, please don't jump off the ledge. Uh, you know, you, you didn't go from one of the crummier minor league systems to, like, number one, number two for no reason. Quit bashing Han because back in the day, Kenny Williams basically lied to you that he's rebuilding and got guys like Frazier, got guys like Melky Cabrera. What is that about rebuilding? They got a lot, a lot to look forward to. I'm just hoping for their sake that Kopech is not another Cherry Wood slash Mark Pryor, because I've seen that all untapped talent that the Cubs never got back. Terry would
2: try his best. Hey, Greg, 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 I got to cut you short because we're really tight for time. We appreciate your sure. phone call.
3: All right, uh, Ricky Renneria joining us uh, next on the show. We're going to talk to Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs later on. All things Cubs, Sox, baseball right here on Inside the Clubhouse. And we'll be back right after this.
0: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours